Hey there, and welcome to the Tap That Magic podcast. My name is Stephanie Eastman, and this is a space where we celebrate and activate your money-making magic in business through the things that make you different and even the things that make you a little weird. You are in for a real treat today. We have my friend Brandy Yates, who is a 3-5 splenic projector with a right angle cross of the unexpected. And Brandy's really immersed herself in human design studies since 2021. I'm telling you what, you could not go on TikTok and enter anything into the search bar about human design without seeing one of her videos or even finding her doing live readings. So her mission is really to elevate your self-awareness by shattering societal conditioning and limiting beliefs that have been anchoring you into those lower frequencies. So through Brandy's insights, she really illuminates your value and purpose. So buckle up as we go over some of her gene keys, her own human design, and all the things that make her shine. Hello and welcome back. Today we have Miss Brandy Yates hanging out with us. She is a human design reader and one of my very best friends in the industry. Like honestly, we've gotten to know each other so well at this point. I just love hanging out with her and having her anytime I can interview her. So thank you for being here, Brandy. Every time I talk to you, Stephanie, I feel like I just smile the whole time from ear to ear. <laughs> you make you fill me with so much joy. So I mean, I'm really, really excited to be here with you today. Yay. I'm so glad. And so for all of the people that may not know you, you kind of live over on TikTok is where everything has really exploded for you. And so how has that been? Like before we even dive into your chart, how has that been navigating the world of TikTok and like coming into the spotlight so quickly? What's really interesting is that I tried so hard on Instagram for so long and I built a little following. I got around 3K, which was awesome and is great. It's just really funny is that I was just doing it all wrong. <laughs> you know, like I was promoting myself wrong. I was displaying like it just wasn't going with my design essentially. Uh -huh. And so when I found human design, I don't know. Something was like, hey, you need to go to TikTok. Like, you need to be over on TikTok. You're via video. Obviously, video is more your thing. Um, and I was like, yeah, why not? Let's go over there. Let's see what happens. So my third line was really just wanted to experiment. And I remember my first viral video. And I was like, yeah, this is exciting. Um, so yeah, it's been really interesting to to transfer over to TikTok. Um and to experiment with that and, and to see how it's kind of unfolded from there. I love that. And I feel like we all have certain platforms that we just like gravitate towards or just like make sense with our energy where you see some people just like knocking it out of the park with Instagram and other, and not so much on TikTok and vice versa. So you got to find your own way with things and like what feels good to you. Yeah, but absolutely. Yeah, just a little bit of background, like before you got over on TikTok and you got interested in human design, what was the thing that kind of like catapulted you into the human design world? Because I know just from our time together that you've been a bartender, you were really into the fitness. I've seen pictures of you with motorcycles, like all of these different things. So what was it that was like the hook that brought you into this human design world? So, I mean, well, human design found me. I mean, uh -huh. it, it found me. And But what brought me in was, and I mean, to just go into, I guess, my story of it, because 
it's really interesting. It feels chaotic when I share it, but like, it's just, it's the honest truth. But I was in a huge transition phase before I found human design. I had coached fitness for about seven, six years, um, ran gyms in Houston, was certified in what's called Aldoa, um, certified in what's called osteoarticular joint pumping, and like used to teach people how to elongate their spine to help heal um, and to create more fluidity in between their joints, like really, real deep into fitness because I was so interested in how it wasn't just like what you looked like to me. It was more, it was more in depth. And that's why people loved coaching with me because I took it so much further than just like you're in my gym and, and here you are. I took it a lot more deeper. But I was burnt out, completely exhausted, and just physically couldn't not handle the capacity that I was handling. So I transitioned to um, a, a bouncer. And I worked at a bar and I had struggled with, um, you know, alcohol in my past. So it was a real slippery slope to kind of step back or to step into that industry. And ended up leaving that job as well. And when that kind of unfolded, um, there was this time period where, I mean, I was almost homeless, to be very honest with you. My partner and I, we had both kind of lost or quit our jobs and were so fed up with how we felt and how we were just energetically tired. Um, and just, we realized we needed to heal. We needed to, we needed to take some time to heal. And during this, I would say almost six months, we didn't have any income. We were pawning our things. We didn't have a vehicle. Like we were truly stuck in our RV with nowhere to go, but just each other. We had no, no support system. Like it was really, truly a hard, hard time. And I, I only had a motorcycle and it was the winter. So you can only drive so far in the winter. And I didn't have money to like get gear to help me get places. So it was really, really challenging to even find something because I didn't have a, a real liable way to get places. And I remember I had different offers for like, hey, Brandy, you want to coach at this gym? Hey, Brandy, do you want to do this? And like, man, there was offers to work at Dollar General. Like I was so close to taking even stuff like that. And I just remember, and again, I don't know human design. I haven't really ever been listening to myself because I have been in survival mode. I've been on my own for so long that, you know, I've just been doing everything I can to just be successful and survive that when I was taking this time off, my body was literally saying like, please, like, I know you need this but I need you to rest right now. And this was the first time that I had ever truly was like, okay, I'm going to surrender. Like, I feel like this is what I should be doing. This is what I need to be doing, but I'm just going to surrender. And I'm going to listen because none of this feels good. This doesn't feel good anymore. This isn't aligning with me. I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to heal some things. I'm going to start studying on how I can help because I didn't have money to, you know, go to therapists and all this stuff. So I started doing ways to self-help myself. And as I kept continuing down that road of researching and implementing all the stuff that I was learning, somebody asked me, have you ever looked at your human design? And I was like, what is that? And I looked it up and my explain was like, here you go. This is what I was talking about. Like my whole body lit up and I was like, this is it. Like what this is, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to study. Like everything inside of me just screamed, um, hello, <laughs> this is what you're supposed to be doing. And I just haven't um, held back since.
Oh my gosh. I love that. And that's an even deeper answer than I think we've ever gone with how you got into this. So like, I'm learning a lot of new things about you that I did not know. And isn't it so funny how, whenever you come across that thing and, and everybody is different, you know, but I felt the exact same way with Gene Keys, where it was that lightning bolt moment of like, heck yes, <laughs> this is what it is. And what a beautiful thing that you found that because I think that a lot of people like spend their life looking for that thing or like waiting for that thing. And so like already what we're in our early thirties and the fact that we've already had that happen for us, like what a beautiful gift. Yeah. I like, it's truly, truly grateful. And I, I, it came to a point when I stopped looking, you know what I mean? Like I've always been looking like, is this what I'm going to do with fitness? Is this like, because with fitness, I was also never satisfied. I was like studying the different things. I would take different courses. And I'm, like I was all over the place with what I was studying and kind of taking in because I was trying to find my thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I was trying to find it. Um, and so again, with that open G center that we're talking, like, you know, once you just stop looking, it's crazy what you attract in. That is so beautiful. And you are a three, five, which we love to talk about around here's profile lines. And I know, I know that you just like own up to all of this energy of being a line three all the time. Like anytime I have people that come into my world, they're like, I'm a three. And like, how do I do all this? I'm like, you always, you need to go see Brandy. You need to go see Tangi. You need to get on their pages just because the way that they create content, the way that they show up, it's such a, it's such an inspiration for line threes as well, you know? And so how have you interlinked? laced. Cause I, I always feel like that the threes have more of the emotional side, but they also have more of that sense of humor. So like, how has that come into play in your business? Oh, sense of humor. Uh, definitely is a huge, huge thing that needs to happen. If you're a third line, um, just because, yeah, I mean, how has it came into my business? Um, Ooh, well, I mean, currently, this is the third time that I'm redoing everything and kind of going through a rebranding. So if that doesn't say trial on air for you, I don't know what does, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's and it, I get frustrated because it's like, oh, I don't want to do it again, or I don't want to do it again. And that's me with my limiting belief of like, oh, I've already done it. But the thing is, is that I learned what I didn't like when I did it the first time I learned what I didn't like the second time. And now what's crazy is I've attempted twice. And now I'm like, no, I need help. I, I need an outside person to mm -hmm. come in with my ideas. Like I, that's great. I am so grateful. I've gotten as far as I have doing all of this on my own, but now that we're, I'm in a position where I don't have to, because I financially can get this right. Then this is where this third time around, uh, we're going to come in and, you know, we've got all these different, um, team members kind of helping in the situation. So, I mean, that's just one example of how trial and error shows up, um, you know, kind of in my business, but if you're a third line, I mean, this is just one thing that I've even just been working on currently, uh, with myself is that because third lines pessimism is huge you know what i mean it's it's real easy to get stuck in the in the low frequency of everything's wrong or this is wrong or you don't want to do it cuz you're going to bump into this and i have really been slowing down and working on my mindset of letting go of what i think things should be mm -hmm. and what they are 
Because as a third line, if you're like, this is what it should be. And it's like, then you're not adapting. I'm trying to control. And that's where I'm still working on this sense of surrender of where just really being able of whatever it is, even though it feels like it's failing or bumping into just really being able to just accept it wholeheartedly and then take whatever approach, like responding to the stuff instead of reacting to the stuff um, is more of a sense of, of kind of where I'm at now and maybe not so much of where I was at the beginning. Brandy, that was a beautiful way that I haven't ever heard anybody put that. Like instead of reacting, you're responding to it. Like, yeah, that is such a golden nugget for anybody that has a three line in their profile or even like just a lot of three lines in their chart, you know, they'll probably feel little pieces of this as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cause it is challenging. I mean, I, I work with a lot of threes and, and also depending like what else you have in your chart, it, it like, uh-huh. it can really play into your mindset. And so this is where, you know, you brought up Tangi and then it, it kind of does matter where you have that third line, right? If you've got the third line in the body, then your body is like physically going to bump into things. Uh But for me, it's more like of a mental bump in. Like I mentally have to get over this hump. It's not like a physical thing. I wish I physically bumped into shit because I'd be like, let's just get through this. But Uh no, for the three, when it's in that personality or the conscious side, it's that mindset of trial and error instead of that physical trial and error. So there is that subtle difference. Uh, But if you've got that three in the personal and your personality and your conscious, this is where watching your mindset, how like the narrative, the way that you're treating your experiences, um, because if you're unaware, like I was unaware that I had a trial and error experience. I just thought I honestly thought I was a fuck up. I just thought like I just messed up first every single time. And I always would apologize. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I'm even working on my guilt wound, you know, of apologizing all the time because I feel like I make mistakes the first time, but honestly, like, that's just how I work. Like whatever comes up, I'm like, ah, okay. I see what happened. And then we um, just adapt and shift. I love that. And that's such an interesting way of putting it. Like you said, it being in the body versus it being in the mind, but that's a really good thing for people to highlight as well. And also like, as you're talking about these things, I, I listen to like a lot of entrepreneurs and, you know, most entrepreneurs have gone through things where they like hit the top of the mountain and then they come down and then they try all these different things. And so it's almost like these line threes are able to let people know, like, it is okay to have these quote unquote failures on your way to something bigger, because like what it is that you're gaining from this failure is actually going to be that bigger piece to the puzzle. I even think about like Thomas Edison and like creating the light bulb. It's like 10,000 tries, but like without every single one of those tries, you wouldn't get to where you need to go. So thank you for expanding on that three. I, I always just love the way that you describe things. It makes me think about it differently. So that's really fun. And it highlights the fact that you have this line five as well. And so I always think about this line five. I work with a lot of line fives that it's like, there's this soapbox moment. So instead of asking you like how you got onto the soapbox moment, because we know about TikTok and all those things, like, what was it like? Like once you started getting on these lives and speaking about it every day, like from the beginning of doing it until like maybe two months in, what do you think was like the biggest change? A change in a sense of like how I was showing up on the lives. Yeah. Oh, well, um, so, I mean, when I first got on the lives, 
completely nerve wracking. Uh, I was so scared, <laughs> you know, I, but the thing is about that gate 31 that I have, you know, fake it till you make it, baby. You know, so I get on there with, with act like I've got confidence, but inside I was like, man, you know, do I, you know, I don't know, like kind of that nervous, like it, cause it, it TikTok lives. It's, intimidating sometimes you know what i mean like people come in questions and they come in hot and sometimes people are real rude if they do not agree with what you're talking about you know so it's a real interesting experience to have but from the beginning i can definitely say i didn't have much confidence and again a lot of trial and error i even try like i have got like this human design deck I tried doing like human design tarot uh -huh. at the beginning. So I even experimented with like what I was delivering. And then uh -huh. I started transitioning into doing like mini readings. And oh my gosh, I remember the first time I did human design readings. I sold them for a freaking dollar. I was uh -huh. doing a dollar a minute, which is crazy. And I remember the first time, I think I did almost three no, like 200 readings. Like I was on there for almost six hours. It was insane. I didn't know when to stop. I had this long list. Like it was crazy. And I was like, we can never do that again. Like we've got to, we've got to, we've got to charge more. We've got to have a more structure. So each time I was adapting, I was shifting, I was figuring out how to make it more easier for my audience. Like what was going to work, what was going to be best for my energy, you know? So it definitely shifted from maybe going on too much and giving away too much at the beginning to where now it's more, I'm able to go on live at least three or four times a week. And I'm able to go on for a couple hours and still maintain my clients, my job and what I'm doing. So it's definitely um, transitioned from maybe not handling my energy very well at the beginning and just like responding, you know, to everything that everybody was asking me. I'm not a generator. I, I don't have a, a max amount of responses. I've got very limited. And so, you know, it was really, really draining at the beginning. So definitely learned how to put boundaries, mm -hmm. how to set boundaries within the live so that it's not so energetically draining has been very helpful. Yeah. And whenever you do show up, I feel like you give people so much goodness and you've always got like a line of people just waiting to get readings from you. And that is so incredible. I do feel like I give away too much to be very honest with you, but I don't know how not to. I try. I truly try, but it's just, I don't know. It's like, I want to give you the answer that's going to help you. That's the fifth line that we're, we're here and we're talking about, right? That practical solution. I'm like, I, and honestly, again, working well with strangers, I want to give you what you need and then get out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can relate to that one very well, being a leading five line. So it's just like you throw the smoke bomb. You're like, I'm here. Here's the answer. And then you throw it again. You're like, see, ya. Like, I'm good. <laughs> and so you touched on your 31. I always and I love to direct people to you, too, that have like a strong 31, especially if they're like projectors and they're a little bit nervous of like coming out of this closet or like putting themselves out there. And I think the other day you even did a really good TikTok video that I saw, which I never know if it's the other day or if you recorded it like two months ago, <laughs> just seeing it, you know how that goes. But it was one of those things where you were talking to projectors about their leadership. And as time has gone on, like, what are some more words of wisdom that you have for anybody with this 31 or even anybody with this like projector as they kind of blend together? Yeah. So with the 30, and this is where, 
And that's where like being a projector and like what type of leader you can be is really going to come from, again, your charts or your gene keys and really seeing like what what spheres you had. Because like we even me and partner and I were talking, for example, she's a projector. I'm a projector and I got gate 31. She's got different gates, but she's got that gate 45 that I was talking about. And we were just talking about the way our leadership is different. She was like the way that she's managing and leading teams and people is absolutely amazing. And she's like, you know, you're more of, again, a verbal leader. Like if you, if we had events or if there was something where you needed to give instructions, like she was like, that's what you're really, really good at. So it's even just the different type of leadership and a kind of owning which one that is. But if we're talking about specifically the 31, um, you have to put in the work. I, I don't, you, there's no way around it. You can try to talk the talk, but your audience, your, whoever's following you, they'll feel it if you're not doing it as well. Like if I'm talking about something and I haven't gone through it and I haven't walked that walk myself, how am I going to share this with you? How am I going to take you through that? I have to go through it first. And that's where I feel like, again, fake it till you make it with that gate 31. But while you're faking it, in a sense, you're still putting in this work um, that's helping you become that leader or you're putting in the work that's um, whatever system you're starting to master or you're trying to master. But you, yeah, you definitely can't talk the talk without walking the walk, um, unfortunately. And I know with like projectors, it's like, oh, you know, you need to rest and you guys are not here to work and you're here to do all this stuff, which I hear everything that everybody is saying. But during this downtime, like there's some intense studying that you should be doing. There's reflection, this introspection, because the deeper that you can go in with yourself, of course, we learn from the other. If we're speaking about just projectors here. And of course we learn from the other, but we have to take that time to go inward to meet the other. And there's just really no way around that. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, don't, don't talk the talk if you, if you ain't walking the walk. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the quote of the day. <laughs> We're going to just put that on the front here, but I, I've always really admired the way that you show up as a projector and as a leader, because we've, we've talked about this before, but I feel like it's almost like some people learn that they're projectors and then they just like fall back on this fainting couch and they're like, I don't want to get up and do anything. Cause like that can be easy to do. You know, when you learn, you're like, Oh, I don't have to do anything, but you are the living, breathing example of like showing up for your business, putting content out there for then people to be like inviting you in and being like, Oh, I want to be in your world too. Yeah. The biggest thing is that I have, I, I call what, I would call them containers in my life where throughout the day, I have containers that I've set for myself. So for the morning, my morning container is me. It is my time. I'm either I'm working out, I'm stretching, I'm doing breath work, I'm hanging out with my dog, like whatever it is that that morning has is being brought out of, like that's my container. But then I also have containers where I'm doing nothing. Mm -hmm. I don't do anything. I'm real good at doing nothing as a projector, but we need that. I need that container of nothingness to recharge, to empty, to clear. And then I have this container of working. And so I have containers that I set up in and I make sure that they're balanced. Mm -hmm. I don't spend too much time in my resting. I don't spend too much time over here. Like there has to be a nice even flow. Um, and that has really helped me 
manage my energy so that I'm not getting stuck. And again, with maybe my conditioning of I need to go, go, go. I need to hustle, hustle, hustle. Cause I really do have that mentality. Like I've mm-hmm. had that mentality since I was a kid, like whatever yeah. you want, you've got to go get it. And yeah. I still do believe that. And it's really hard. Cause I'll even go through these phases where I have to talk myself to rest. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, it's okay. You yeah. can do this. And so I still have those days where, um, it's kind of still hard. And that to me is still my nervous system that I'm working out. Yeah. You know, my nervous system is something that, or I think all people really should pay attention to on how their nervous system is treating them. But that's something that I'm still working through to be able to, uh, to have a more, I don't want to say neutral life, but a more balanced life. So I'm not so, so high and so low all the time, you know, where it's like high highs and, and hard crashes. It's like, you know, just a nice, fluid you know up and down not a freaking you know just riding the wave yeah I understand that on a very deep level and I love that you highlighted like this organization for projectors that is such a beautiful way to put it so that like you almost I'm a very visual person so I like little brain pictures and it's like organizing your day and putting it in those different boxes but one of your gene keys that I really wanted to dig into today that I I don't remember us having a conversation about this before is actually your pearl. So I always call this like the money-making gene key. You know, it's like your Jupiter. It's, it's where we get, like, whenever we're tapped into this energy, I feel like we get the best money-making ideas for our business and just like to feel really in flow with our life, honestly. And so you have the 4.2. And before I even jump into the 0.2, cause that's a little different in the gene key world. But how have you experienced this for? I, this is one of those gene keys that I've gone head to head with a few times. Like there's very few of them, but I would love to hear your take on the four. Um, it is something it's interesting, uh, because so the four, right? The four is what it's formulating answers. Very. I mean, it's nothing but logic. It is truly like how you are logically going to solve this problem. And, um, you know, and again, if you think about the things I was saying earlier about with leadership and, and talking and being that verbal, verbal leader with the gate 31, this gate four is all about explaining things, formulating, you know? Um, so this gate or not this gate, sorry, this gene key, it's really been interesting um, because I have had to heal mm-hmm. when I don't agree with somebody's answer. You know what I mean? Like I have to understand why are you getting that answer? Where is this answer coming from? Being more curious in people's questioning or answering, I guess, and not so and it's right nitpicky uh you know what i mean like why are you like you know why are you saying that what are you talking about instead it's like more yeah trying trying to truly understand but because i have that natural brilliance if i am not conscious of this i'm like what are you talking about how do where you know it comes out again is nitpicky um so this has been something that i've watched in the way that this uh energy has came through um because i can see it on both ends of the spectrum i can see how it's been really challenging for me in a sense but i can also see how it's been really 
beneficial in the way that I feel like people are very attracted to the way that I deliver information because I deliver in a way where it's easy to understand and it, it makes logical sense. Yeah. Cause some people like don't, we've had this conversation before, but not everybody wants just like the airy fairy energetics. They want like the practical, they want the logic, they want all of that stuff. Cause that makes them feel secure and makes them feel like, okay, this clicks and this makes sense for me. And it's hard for me to give an answer if I'm not for sure about it. You know, like if it's not logical, like if it truly doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, I guess that would be for everybody. <laughs> I guess like sometimes, <laughs> but I even feel like, so if you think of maybe even like a low expression, I get anxiety if I don't have answers because I'm like, I feel like I should have the answers and I should yeah. be able to give you an answer. And this is where I've had to, uh, to heal. Like I don't always have to have the answers. Mm-hmm. Like I'm only going to have the answers that I have. And I really got to release that. I'm not going to be able to provide all the solutions for everybody. Yeah. Um, and with it sitting in that second line, there's a projection of what I can solve. What, what, what can I give you? What, 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 um, so yeah, it's been, um, it's been interesting to watch. Yeah. I I always think about that one as like kind of this puzzle master. It's like you get piece by piece and it like builds a bigger picture, but you might not have every single piece in your hand all the time. And it's about like, even having that patience to like have those pieces come to you in the time that you need them. Because I think so often we just like try to go gather up all of this information, but really if we are being honest with ourselves in our reserves, like we're resourceful and we have all the answers that we need at every single moment to give somebody a clear reading or a cl- like clear guidance for their business. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that makes this really special over in the gene keys is this point two. So it's a 4.2 that you have in your pearl. And I, and we, we've touched on it a little bit in this, this interview, but that's all about recognition and like you, like having this underlying crave for that recognition. I've seen people that are on both ends of the spectrum that are more Mm. like hesitant going into it. And I've seen other people that are total hams and they're like, I'm all about the spotlight and I have to do it. But like, there's something inside of you, whether it intimidates you or whether you're like, yeah, whatever, like that is driving, like to have this recognition. And I don't see it as like, oh, I just want attention because we always like heard growing up, like you just tried to get attention and you're trying to do this. I think that we crave recognition because there's something inside of us. And even with like celebrities and stuff like that, like there's something inside of you that's bigger than what we can see right now. There's like a message that wants to come out. Like you're the mouthpiece for something. So it can be easy to be like, is this my ego that wants me to like go out there and be like the superstar? Or I, I truly believe that it's like, there's this greater calling of like you getting out there and being seen. And so how does that hit for you? Well, I mean, I mean, that actually hits truly on the head because what's even crazy is like being a projector. It's like, what type, like that recognition piece. But the thing is, is like, I guess if I'm getting recognition, then the answers that I'm providing are working. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of solidifying the formula that you're putting out, the formula that you're preaching, the answers that you are providing, it means that you're, it's working. It's kind of, it's, it, um, that's where I feel like that recognition comes in, but you're right. It's kind of, it's almost, you know what, now that you're saying this, it's almost like 
an answer needs to be woken up inside of me. Like sometimes I don't always have all the answers, but if you ask, if somebody asks like the right question at the right time, like sometimes the answers that I give, I'm like, oh shoot, where did, where did that come from? Um, So I've definitely seen that for sure. And what's crazy, even though like, and this is like not to bring up the past, but like, even when I was growing up, I even remember my mom would tell me like, you're doing it you're doing it for your audience. You're trying to get attention. You're trying to do this. And it's like, I didn't think that's what I was doing. I didn't think that I was trying. I thought I was just being myself. I thought that I was just, you know, but in, in other people's eyes or in her eyes, it was different. So it's actually something where I've had, I've struggled with like, what type of recognition is this correct recognition? How am I showing up? Um, But I really liked how you said it's like something that's going to be awakened or called out. Yeah. I, I love that. And I, it was one of my favorite things to learn about the gene key chart, honestly, was this point too. It mm-hmm. was just such a interesting way. Cause I was thinking about like celebrities and how maybe they're like, oh, I like want this fame piece. And I want, I want to like be seen by all these people, but then they end up becoming like advocates for like really worthy causes and being like a mouthpiece for those things. And whether they knew it or not, whenever they were drawn to that spotlight, like there was something bigger that wanted to come through them. Yeah. I can see that for sure. Yeah. And so your next one that we dabbled on, like talking before, but with human design being like such a structure, you know, there's like so many bones, so many foundations in your attraction is the 57, which we know is all about intuition. So I would love to hear how you blend your intuition in with your readings and just how that unfolds for you. Um, who, well, uh, can I, is it weird to say that it just happens? I, I don't <laughs> because I don't really have an answer for that intuition piece. It's something that um, I've always felt and have been, I've always felt that I've been extremely intuitive, you know? So when it just comes into my business, um, the way that if I feel, sometimes I'll try to go in a structure when doing a reading, but if I just feel or my eyes take me somewhere, I won't stop myself. I will just let myself deliver whatever it is that I'm seeing. And this is where, again, even when I'm on those TikTok lives, I feel like I give too much. People are like, you just gave me the holy grail. And I'm like, shit, I just gave you the holy grail for like 30 bucks. That's cool. You know, (laughs) whatever. Uh, You know, so um, it it comes out where I I don't think about it. I let my... um, I just kind of just, yeah, whatever, wherever I go sometimes, but then there are times where I do a reading that's a little more structured. So it all just, it all just kind of depends how it comes out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that those, like, that's your intuition working as well. It's saying, Hey, this needs to be more like follow along the lines. I I do the same thing with my gene key readings out of curiosity. Do you ever, do you feel like it's more of just like the instantaneous, like supercomputer? You just know what it is you're supposed to gravitate towards. Do you ever get like pictures in your minds of like your mind of things? Or do you hear certain things? Cause I've always been a big, like picture person. I get lots of pictures in my brain. Yeah. Um, I can definitely see things. It's honestly really hard for me to talk to people, right? Because I have to honestly like look away to kind of see what I'm talking about, um, in a sense. So I definitely through pictures, 
Um, but to me, more of my intuition, it's more of like just a knowing. I kind of just know this is what I need to talk about. I know this is where I need to go. And I just trust it. I don't overthink it. Um, when I do start questioning it, honestly, I start getting tripped up. (laughs) Yeah. Right. That's where the hiccups come. If you just let it go quick like that and just trust every movement, like you're, like you were saying, your eyeballs being pulled somewhere for a reason, or you thought of something that you need to say, I think that's when people get the best readings. Yeah. And uh, like, I go in prepared, so I will read what I need to read, or I'll go and I do all this research of things. And and if somebody, again, if people give me specific questions, I can give them specific answers. Mm -hmm. Um, But I go in with like all this different preparation. And so then once I start talking to the person, whatever they're giving me or whatever I'm feeling, that's where I just let myself go. I don't care. I don't care if I spend an hour looking at the nodes or trying to come up with the solution or a story. If we're in this conversation and you're taking me somewhere else or my intuition's taking us somewhere else, I'm going to continue to follow that even though I prepared maybe in a different direction prior to the meeting. Yeah. Oh, I feel like that is such a skill set for everybody in life to have, but especially entrepreneurs to like have that little bit more of the fly by the seat of your pants magic. Like there really is magic in being able to do that. Yeah. Yes. And I will say that a lot of the fly, you know, by the, what'd you say? Fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it comes from, yeah, I think so. It comes from, you know, from being prepared though, you know, like the studying and having a solid foundation because I have this foundation, I can kind of pop in and out of where I need to. Yeah. Um, But if you don't have a foundation, then it may be a little challenging and a little scary at times too. Oh, that's such a good point with that as well. Um, One that I don't know if we hit before was actually your vocation, which is in the 39. And so for me in my brain, I it's like, I think it's on unlock your design. If you were to Google gene key 39, it's literally a cartoon vibrator and like, yeah, no joke. You're like, you have to see her face right now. It's so, Oh funny. my gosh. I need more of why this gate is a cartoon vibrator. Uh, it's called the liberator. And so <laughs> I found in Beyonce's chart, she has this too. I think it's in her attraction. And so it makes so much sense why she's been so successful being like the single ladies thing and like all these like women empowerment and all like just shouting out liberation from the rooftops. It's like, no wonder, like that is your value of success. So how have you experienced in your own way, this liberating energy, like that you bring to people? I don't feel like it's sexual in any way whatsoever. (laughs) Um, But I will say that I feel like my liberation has came from the way that I feel so much freedom with just my life now. You know, I felt very trapped, very lost, very just stuck, you know, and before and what I was doing. And I feel like even though I live in an RV, even though, you know, I have these challenges that still come up as a third line, like in no way am I saying that my life has, um, (laughs) I don't know, stability and structure, but I am saying that I have come to a place of acceptance and I've come to a place of freedom to where now it's just like, you know, I have, I have, I, I have, Uh, what am I trying to say? (laughs) I have control of my time. 
I have control of what I do. I have control of how I show up. And so to me, for people who are seeking that freedom, for people who are seeking that liberation, I feel like that's what they get from me in, in my content. I feel like for me, the way that I can show up more individual and express my individuality in the way that, um, in a raw and honest way, I think provokes other people, which again, that provocation provokes other people to want to maybe step into their own authentic energy, whatever that may look like. Um, if that answers your question. No, for sure. I, I just love hearing anybody that does human design and like just the different interpretations that you get from it, because I feel like it all clicks in our brain a little bit differently, you know? So I love to hear that. I definitely feel like speaking of shaken to awaken you energy. I love to pull from the human design chart whenever I do these gene key readings. And one of my favorite things to pull is the mercury. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like gene keys are done yet. I feel like there's so many more little spots that you could put in there. So I always think that the mercury is super important because it's like the way that you communicate. And so the shaken to awaken energy is very, very loud with that 51. And it's funny because on one side you have the 51 and on the other side you have the 59, which I see as like this playmate energy and being with other people. So like, how, how does that balance out for you? Or is there one that you feel like more pulled towards than the other? Yeah. So if we're speaking from like a human design perspective, right? So Mm -hmm. when you're looking at the mercury on the design side, that's subconscious. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's more of the frequency of my voice. So it's the way that people are like receiving that, that message and that information. Mm -hmm. And with the sitting in the, in the 51, that's shock. And that's why I, I feel like my content, like the things that I say sometimes are shocking. They're meant to awaken you. They're meant to question, what are you doing? Are you here for the, are you doing, are you working towards your purpose on the channel of struggle? Are you struggling for the right things? You know? Um, And so with the, on the other side with 59, which is the gate of sexuality um, to me, I feel like my communication style breaks down the barriers to people Mm -hmm. where, especially in my meetings, I have, I, it's, it gets real intimate. You know, I, I will ask like real personal questions. I'm able to really get people to feel comfortable because mm-hmm. of that gate 59, because they can feel like they could tell me things they like, I'm able to really yeah. break down that barrier. Um, so I love having that gate 59 in, in my mercury because I can feel how the way that I communicate, it, it bonds with people. People relate to what I'm saying. Um, yeah. so yeah. I love that. I think both sides of it are so important whenever it comes to like blending our voice together. And it's almost like it it works perfectly once they've like clicked in. And speaking of your voice, I didn't say this earlier, but I ever since I came across you on TikTok, like a long time ago, listening to your voice it sounds so different than anybody else's. And it's one of those things that makes you stand out from the rest of everybody else. So how have you really experienced like having this bold voice that sounds different than other people? Because I I love it. Like, it's very, like you could sing me a lullaby and I I would be all here for it. Or other times I've watched your videos and it like wakes me up. And so you just, you don't have to sound like anybody else. And this even makes me think of like the 12th gene key and the 12th gate, like having this, like where it's different. So how have you experienced that? Well, um, 
honestly, growing up, I was made fun of a lot for yeah. my voice. You know, when I was a little girl, I was a tomboy at heart. I wore boy clothes. I play. I had all guy friends. You know, I was uh -huh. the kickball queen. And like truly <laughs> grew, <laughs> growing up, I I real or I felt that in order to fit in, I really had to be more feminine. And uh -huh. so I like really transitioned just to fit in. I realized that people liked me more when I was feminine. I was more popular. Uh -huh. So I, I even would speak in a higher tone. I used to have a completely different voice. I would uh -huh. be able, yeah, I would talk to people in a more high pitched manner. And I realized like, what the fuck am I doing? Why uh -huh. am I speaking this way? And I still have that voice sometimes, you know, we all have that telephone voice, but I really <laughs> dropped down into like, I have this rust, what is it like raspy, ah. deeper voice, but people have truly complimented on like, I really enjoy listening to you talk. I really yeah. enjoy just listening to the way that you deliver information. And it's been something that I've honestly had to work through. I was extremely insecure. I thought mm -hmm. I sounded like a man and growing up. I've had so many instances where people truly would come up and ask if I'm trans transitioning. If I used to be a man, am I going switching to a woman? Am I a woman switching to a man? Yeah. And just always had questions on who I was, what my gender was. And I thought it was from my voice. I thought it was from the way I looked. And I was really insecure about all of that before, but now I'm just like, I don't care what you ask me. I don't care, you know, if if this is if this is how it's presented. Um, because I'm not meant for everybody. And the fact that you have that question just shows more about you than it does with me. Um, yeah. because it's been asked in a really negative manner. Like I yeah. I remember, yeah, I <laughs> I remember being at the bar and drunk dudes asking me, you know, if I'm transitioning, which a can be scary. Cause it's like, yeah. is this a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah. Um, so there's just, it's been an interesting thing to heal, but like just yeah. you saying that and then the support group and just like truly my experience on TikTok, like TikTok has been this huge support. Someone said I sounded like Miley Cyrus and I was like, I will <laughs> take that. Yes. yes. Um, so yeah. I love your soulful little raspy voice. And that, that took me 10 years of smoking cigarettes. I think most people wouldn't have guessed that about me, but before my voice dropped a little bit more, but even I was telling you about Alex Hermosi, I think, um, how he's like that big buff multimillionaire dude, him and his wife run their business together. And she actually like made a TikTok about that exact same thing that you were talking about, about her voice and about like getting questioned about who she was and just like came out and said it. And there were so many people in like the comments that were like super supportive of her. But like, the thing is, whenever you sound a little bit differently, that is like actually part of your medicine. That is part of what like lures people into your world because they're like, you don't sound like cheerleader, like giggly, whatever, like everybody else, you sound different. And I also feel like as we get older, especially like once you hit, maybe because we're both in our early thirties now, but it's almost like your voice gets deeper because you get more comfortable with yourself and more comfortable with expressing who you are. You don't have to be like this high, like, I don't know, like trying to prove yourself. Yeah. I mean, I truly was masking, like putting on a show, like yeah. who, who, and how do I need to sound? So the person in front of me accept me. And like, that's what I did my entire life. And now I'm just like, I don't care <laughs> if you wow. judge me or if you have a judgment again, as it shows more about you than it does <clears throat> with me. So it, it has been, 
interesting to work through that uh, and to become more comfortable. Um, and honestly, there was a creator on TikTok. I can't remember her name. She teaches like, I don't want to say folklore. Um, she's got curly hair. She was actually the one she was talking about how when you use your voice, like uh -huh. I forgot how she said it, but she was like, if you make like a... Like that's your natural yeah. voice. And I was like, oh, so like how I sound right now should just be the way that I should talk. And like, even just being like, okay, so that's natural um, has also helped me too. Yeah. And first, like, I also want to thank you for like being so open and like having this conversation, especially when it's things that like maybe hurt our heart in, in the past. And so the fact that like, again, this just shows what a leader you are, that you can talk people through, like how you've walked through things and how you come out the other side, like, again, just shows that 31 shining through. Or the third life, because it's wow. like, these are my experiences. This is what wow. I've gone through. This is truly all of the things that I've bumped into in order for me to finally accept that. Like, I don't need to keep adapting to your bullshit. I just need to accept who I am yeah, and then adapt from there, which is what I wasn't doing before, before I would try to change who I am and change who I was. Um, and I'm just not doing that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this. I feel like our friendship goes deeper every single time. <laughs> we have these conversations, like, because it's just, it's amazing what becoming an online entrepreneur, like, or even an entrepreneur in general, just like brings out of you into this world. Like all of the things, it like cracks you wide open and makes you love all of the different pieces of you. Because like, could you really run a business if you didn't do that stuff, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like you've got to do inner work to, to have run a successful business. Like you really need to learn all this stuff so that you're not bleeding all these patterns into your business as well. Yeah. Like this is your foundation. This is what you are building. Your name is attached to this. So the more that you heal, the more that you align yourself, the more that your business is going to thrive on top of that because you're going to bleed through your business. Yeah. 110%. It's so good to have that knowledge, even like before you go into a business, because once you go into your business, you'll figure that out along the way if you haven't like tread that water yet. But Brandy, I have three more little questions for you. Two of them are more playful because I could probably ask you like 46 million of these questions because I love random questions. But if you were a dessert, what would you be? A dessert. Yes. A dessert. Oh my gosh. The first thing that popped in my head was an Oreo. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. Um, I guess an Oreo. I, I never even thought about what type of dessert, but like, why, why would I be an Oreo? That's only because I oh. like Oreos. I don't even know mm -hmm. if that's what I would want to be. I feel like it counts because <laughs> it's like a part of your personality. It's a part of your likes. Yeah, it's like I'm hard on the outside, but soft and gooey on the inside. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, that's what it yeah. is. It's like that Leo I put on this hard shell and this mm -hmm. hard exterior, but on the inside, I'm just a big old softy. Oh my gosh, we've never even talked about like the fact that you're a Leo. Sometimes I just like zodiac signs after learning human design and gene keys. Sometimes it just like flies out of my head, even though that's what I used to study so much. And I was like, of course you're a Leo. God, that makes so much sense. I love that. Yeah, got that Capricorn oh. rising. Ooh, I love that. My and that's where, 
having that Capricorn rising, but being a projector, you know, it's like this ambition and this drive, but it's like, oh, we've got to rest. We've got to do this. And that's where I was talking about the containers, you know, my Capricorn's like, look, we're going to do things. And then my projector body is like, okay, but like, can we do this in a way where it doesn't hurt? You know what I mean? Yes. Oh God. And just another reason why you should learn your human design and gene keys, because you're not just that one thing. Like there's so many aspects of you that come into play that make you successful. My next question is just a sneaky way of asking you kind of what your favorite color is. But if you were a dragon, what color would you be? Uh, Maroon. I love maroon. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I love maroon. I think it's just because it's strong, but Mm -hmm. it's pretty and it's grounding. Um, but it's not too bright. It doesn't need to be bright to capture mm-hmm. your attention. It's just, it, it, it's, I don't know. I like it. You're, I, we didn't even touch on this, but I always see you as so edgy because you have that 28 in your purpose. And like, there's a bit more of like the wild side. There's a bit more of like the not bright and colorful, but more like the, those colors that it reminds me of like black and maroon and silver, like crimson, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And I really had to embrace that too. Cause like, I think with my partner, um, yeah, just with marketing, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like at the beginning we were like doing bright colors and I'm like, this shit does not align with me. Like I don't, this uh-huh. isn't working for me. Um, and edgy would definitely be a good way. I feel like to describe, I guess my vibe, which is really interesting. I never would have described myself that way. Mm-hmm. Um, until honestly talking to you, I'm like, shit, maybe I am edgy. I guess that is a good way to, to put it. That is the thing for you because there's so many human design readers out there that are like the pastels, the fluffies, the pinks, and like, that ain't you. Like you are someone different. And like, whenever you present your stuff in that way, and even like, don't you use like red in your, um, in your TikToks and stuff? Do you? Do I? Or I do, I just been imagining this for you. <laughs> like, I literally, like, I just... I can tell like people that are drawn to the more edgy version of it. That's what's going to make you like that lighthouse for people, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like I do just hold a different space for different people. I, I don't, and I don't want to say like I hold space for darkness, but then I also feel like no. I do because I have been through so much of that in my own experiences with, with the way that I grew up and, and everything that has kind of unfolded mm-hmm. that I also feel like that is a lot of the clientele that I do attract is for somebody who can hold that space. Cause there are, yeah, some sessions, you know, they're, they're light and they're fun. Uh-huh. And then there are some sessions where I'm like, wow, are you okay? Like I'm, are yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, like there, yeah. yeah. So there's, it can be really awakening um, in a session. My head, this makes me think of my husband telling me about what the different colored lightsabers mean in Star Wars. And like, I never knew all this. He knows way too much about Star Wars, but he was talking about like the purple lightsabers. And those are the people that like, sometimes they would be concerned if they were going to go to like the dark side of the force, but actually they were just so knowledgeable about how both sides of things work that it actually made them a master and made them a better Jedi. God, I feel like a nerd. (laughs) I am a nerd, but like, there it is. Oh man, that is awesome. That is, I love that analogy. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was cool. And one more question for you. What is your, like, I know that we have so many favorite things that we wake up and people or that we point out to them. What do you think is like your most favorite thing to point out for people like clients that are getting a reading from you? Well, 
I mean, the first thing that I love to dive into is the not self because Ooh. this is where this is where people are stuck and there's so many people who come in and they're like I they want to go deeper and they want to know all the gates and the lines which I totally understand yeah. but the surface is where we are stuck or where mm -hmm. most people are so I really love yeah. to sit there and I've even like looked and there's a way to even do like a shadow reading where you can dive in and you can see which gates are your receptors so even kind of doing a reverse reading rather than looking at your definition let's look at your openness so that you can really understand where you're more, um, where is this a mental conditioning? Where is this, um, you know, a conditioning receptor from somebody else? You know, where is this a harmonic receptor where this is something that can help um, connect in a certain situation? So I do enjoy the not self readings, but I love diving into the nodes. Ooh, um, yeah. yeah, because I mean, like when you can understand your background frequency because it's the way that you're seeing things and it's the way that you're experiencing things and like what's so fascinating is when you do couple readings and like when you kind of like exit so like if you go if me and my partner went out and I went this way and she went that way what are we going to do and you can see in the notes that when I separate, I'm going and doing this. And when she separates, this is what she's going and looking for, which mm -hmm. I think is so fascinating to see, especially with me, or to understand how your partner is functioning in their environment. And like, it's even helped me with my partner's son. Like, mm -hmm. he's a teenager, you know, these are hard years. And wow. just understanding how he's experiencing his background, so much more compassion, so much more grace in a sense of like, oh, like, you know, he's because he's got gate 38 and 39 in his notes. So, oh, wow. you know, defensive wants to like, you know, provoke yeah. and fight for things. We're like, are you fighting yeah. for the right things, dude? Um, so it's just it's really it's really interesting. So I love the nodes. I love the not self. Um, but then the arrows. Right. Because Ooh. to me, the arrows have had me helped me understand my ADHD. Mm. I have been addicted to many different things from alcohol to prescription um, drugs and Adderall was what I used to be addicted to and understanding how I need and what I need to do in order for my brain and my body to work together as one comes from those arrows. Uh -huh. And the more and more that I lean into those arrows, the more easier it is to work with my ADHD because I can't say that it's you know I'm just having a grand old time over here because yeah. there are a lot of challenges but it's becoming a lot easier as I'm learning like okay if I do this and I do that and this this and this this will help me actually be able to take in information easier this helps me get things out easier mm -hmm. um so yeah those three things are really three things that I'm really interested in diving into I love that. That makes you, this is, you've heard me say it a million times. I know, but like, this is why I'm such a big believer that when we're drawn to certain people, it's for a reason, because like you even starting out of the gates with like the not self is so different than maybe somebody else would approach it. And that's what that person needs. Like they need what you are giving them and they need that direction through the nodes, through the arrows. I love that. That's such a beautiful mixture together of like really important things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, everything with human design, when you can start putting it all together, it can get really, really interesting. But to me, the arrows 
if you haven't dove into your arrows, like that's what mm -hmm. I, I, but again, the arrows are like the last part. Like I don't recommend yeah. everybody diving into their arrows, but also just for anybody listening, if you do not know your exact birth time, diving into those arrows get really fishy because yeah. they change I think like every five mm -hmm. minutes, every three minutes, they're constantly changing what's underneath. So yeah. if you don't know your specific birth time, going into those arrows can honestly be, I feel like more of a detriment because you're like mm -hmm. trying to maybe, it's like trying to put on pants that don't fit. Mm -hmm. You know? know what's interesting that I've learned is that the, the human design chart shifts so much more than a gene key chart. Like what you mean? Where, whenever it comes to like, specific times. Like if I put in mm. something that's a few hours difference, like maybe the attraction will change unless it's like on one of those big cusps where it's like the life's work switches and everything does. But from just like experimentation, especially doing like those little celebrity readings that I've done before, where it's like, they could have been born at noon or they could have been born at three where it changes massively. I've seen is the human design chart. Cause it's like the centers change. Um, if they're a generator, a manifestor, like all of that changes way more than even a gene key chart does. Do, is there a lot of science behind the gene keys? You know, I honestly do not know to be true with you because what has always like, and what I've been passionate about teaching the gene keys is it's always kind of felt a little more like I say airy fairy. And so that's why I love the human design aspect as well, because it brings it down into mm -hmm. earth and it makes it more practical. And I mean, Ross said, like, I wouldn't have given this to anybody if it wasn't practical. You know, uh -huh. he's a he's a five. He's, five. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like, if it didn't make sense, if it wasn't practical, I would have never yeah. opened my mouth and told anybody about this experience. But because yeah. it made sense, uh -huh. I started sharing it. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't done like the whole lore deep dive into like Richard Rudd's life and how he came across it. Cause like, for me, I know what I need to focus on and like, I, I gobble up that information and then I leave the rest, you know? Yeah. I was just asking more on a scientific basis because I think with human design, there is a lot of science to it. You know, like ah. the codons are connected to the I Ching and there's like a mathematical mm -hmm. formula. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of science and proof and that's why with human design, you can also say gene keys, like that's where hum they say spirituality is meeting science is through uh -huh. human design. And maybe gene keys doesn't have maybe like that much science behind it to where like the times change as much. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, they do have the codons though. Now that you mentioned that there are codons, so, that just isn't one of the things that like I've focused on as much, but I know some people that get into it, they like gobble that up. They love that. And even to just see like which ones match together and which ones are in the same groups, you know? Yeah. So there probably is a lot of science even behind it with gene keys. I guess, I guess I just take it a different way. <laughs> I'm like, I leave the science for the other people. <laughs> the science is complicated. You know, like it's, yeah. I'm definitely not speaking. Like I know the science. I just, there is a lot of science um, yeah. that I know behind it that backs it up. I would love um, to know all the details of the science, but yeah, I know. I, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That takes it to a whole different level. Oh my gosh. Even looking at, um, the notes that you had shown me that one time, how much 
even without that part, there is that goes into human design. That's crazy. But yeah, what makes you really smart and an expert at what you do? Because you understand a lot of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, what's been really interesting is I've been thinking about even because I'm like, Brandy, you got a freaking background fitness. And like, I don't use any of that. And what I talk about, and I honestly have been feeling like coming in and teaching more of fitness and teaching how people can move their body because a lot of trauma that we have is stored in the body, especially for women and in their hips. And so I've even been yeah. thinking about um, switching up my content and bringing in my coaching and my fitness and oh. even teaching stretches to open up your hips or help stretch out your fascia. Because again, if you've been through trauma, trauma yeah. will and is stored in the body until you work through that and it is released. And so um, I've really been thinking about adding that as well to everything else that I've been doing. That is so incredible. And even whenever you said at the beginning of this, like there were so many things that I didn't know that you did in the fitness world, like stretching people out and doing all that. That's a really cool element to bring into things. And this is exactly why you are a purple lightsaber Jedi, like for sure, because you can straddle the line of all things and make it better. Yeah, I'm definitely going to use that. I've never seen Star Wars. I've never watched Star Wars, but I'm going to be like, I am the purple lifesaver saver. Is it a saver? Is it a V or is it a B? It's a B. Okay. I need to make sure that I'm pronouncing it correctly. So it's a saber, not a saver. Okay. A lightsaber. I'm the purple one. Got it. Yeah. Noted. We're only an original trilogy family here, like the older ones. <laughs> so we call ourselves. So uh, that is, that's where a lot of the fun stuff is, but he knows all of that Star Wars lore. But thank you so, so much for being here today, Brandy. I just always love talking with you about this kind of stuff because I feel like we go deeper every single time. And Brandy is going to be somebody that she will always have an open invitation on this podcast for us to talk about different things because I love the point of view that she brings in with the human design and gene keys. But Brandy, what are some ways right now, other than going and finding you on TikTok, that people can work with you? Yeah. So if you wanted to type in a little website, I my website is projectorguidance.com. Um, right now, I currently have a coaching program where if you're wanting more support uh, with learning human design, I do have that available because that getting a reading is amazing. Um, but sometimes people leave with a lot more questions. And yeah. so getting and having that support and having conversations in between meetings as well can be extremely beneficial. So I do have that where, um, and also I give you resources. And if you, so if you do coaching with me, I give you a personalized PDF that gives you insight into how you can show up in your business um, on top of those coaching um uh, sessions as well. And then I do have one-on-one -on -one readings, but then I also have resources. I have a Gates and Channels course that you can uh, purchase if you're interested in learning more about that on your own. I have a Gates and Channels guide if you just need a brief description and you're wanting to look things up for your family and friends. And then yeah. I also have a deconditioning guide, like I've talked about, that not self is something that I'm super passionate about. Uh -huh. And so I do have a PDF called Reclaiming Your Authenticity that goes through the nine centers um, and describes how they show up in a healthy way and in an unhealthy way through your undefined or through your um, through your open centers with journal prompts and exercises to help you kind of work through that as well. Um, so I do have all of that available at projectorguidance.com. 
oh my gosh, I love that stack. Like that's a lot of really good things. And especially if you are somebody that wants to learn to do like these human design readings and stuff, like Brandy is your girl. Like Brandy is the person that you need to go learn from because she's out there doing this, walking the walk every single day. There's people that know this information, but aren't like practicing it. And you're out there like living and breathing this every single day. And I'm sure if you're anything like me, you learn more with every reading. Like you really, really do. So make sure you go check her out. Thank you so much, Brandy, for being here and chilling with me today. Thank you, Stephanie, for having me. And I'm really excited to uh, come back. Yes, we will see you soon.